Hey, thanks for checking out Passionate Life Church. If you'd love to get to know us more, please visit us at passionatelifechurch.com. We're so glad that you've joined us. Get ready for an awesome message. All right. Hey, welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, I want to welcome everybody that is watching us online right now. Hey, thank you for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. I want to speak to our online audience really, really quick. Listen, this is a place where we, we can process what is happening in the world freely, right? This is God's house. And so it is a house of comfort and peace and love and joy and encouragement. And it's a place where we can safely process what is happening in our world. And I want to say that to our online audience because some of you are not ready to come back and that is okay. Okay, that, that is your process that you're going through, but I just want you to know that we miss you, okay? That you are missed, you are loved, and this place is not the same without you. <clears throat> so we are jumping into a brand new series called Fear Factory. Uh, I, I feel like this title uh, really represents uh, what we're going through today in America and our society. Uh, literally, you can't turn on any device without hearing some type of fear message. Uh, I, literally, I can't even listen to a sports podcast, and I don't know why I'm trying to listen to a sports podcast with no sports. Like, I, but I can't even listen to a sports podcast podcast without hearing someone talk about how afraid they are. And so I just want to warn you today, this message is, is, is going to be of deeper nature. We're going to be talking about spiritual things. I, I really feel like one of my roles as your pastor is to expose the darkness that we're in with the light of Jesus. And, and, and so we're, we're going to, my, my hope is, is that we leave this place with no fear in our hearts and our minds. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's pray, and we'll get into God's Word this morning. Father, I thank you for this moment that we have to gather in your house. And so, Lord, uh, together we just lift up uh, President Trump, Lord, and, and Vice President Pence, God. I just pray over their lives and their hearts and their minds. God, I just pray that you would give them wisdom, Father, to lead our country well, Lord. God, we just lift up Jared Polis right now, Father. We just pray over his life and his mind that he lead our state well, Father, in Jesus' name. God, we just pray for unity and peace over our country of racial reconciliation, God, that people would uh, see each other how you see us, Lord God, and we would begin to love each other like we love ourselves. Father, we just thank you for the next 30 minutes Holy Spirit, we just say, have your way in our hearts and our minds, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen and amen. The title of the message today is Fear Has a Voice. Fear Has a Voice. I want to jump right into Scripture. I want to go to Ephesians 6, uh, verse 12 today. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We, now, the media would love to tell us that, that we're fighting against each other. Like, like, this has been Satan's design from the very beginning. Remember, we are fighting a real enemy, not 
flesh and blood enemies, but we are fighting against the devil, okay, who has a plan for each of our lives, and that is to steal, kill, and destroy everything that is good in it. And so Donald Trump is not our enemy. Your boss is not your enemy. Your coworker is not your enemy. Your neighbor who keeps letting his dog poop in your yard and doesn't pick it up is not your enemy. And you're like, are you sure about that? Because he does it on purpose, you know what I mean? That, that is not our enemy. We are fighting against a spiritual enemy. Let's continue. Now, here's my thing, okay? I don't want to work us up today to the point where you got, go out of this place and you're like, Pastor, now I'm scared, right? Like, uh, of the demon. Like, now I'm scared of the devil. Now, I, I'm going to give you hope today, okay? I'm gonna, you're going to leave this place having hope, knowing that you don't have to live in fear. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And so the Apostle Paul is, is showing us here today that our enemy is not each other. We are, we are not enemies with each other because we are fighting a real spiritual enemy. And I wanted to use that scripture to help uh, describe 2 Timothy. Let's, let's go to 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 7. And I love the book of Timothy. And the reason why I love the book of Timothy so much is because Paul is writing to Timothy, who is his spiritual son. And there's just some things that you will tell your son that you just won't tell anybody. And so this book is very intimate between a, a father and a spiritual son. He, he, he disciples and raises Timothy from a teenager. And at this point, Timothy is now a pastor, and he's pastoring a pretty large church. And so Timothy is giving him uh, some advice, some encouragement about some things that he is missing on. And so let's, let's read it today. He says this to Timothy. He says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. That spiritual gift was the Holy Spirit. Paul is saying, man, fan into flames. And the reason why is because Timothy had forgotten about the power of the Holy Spirit that was in him. Now, we're going to talk more about that probably in the weeks to come. This message is really a foundation for the rest of the messages to come. And so what happens here is that the second sentence here, he says, For God has not given us a spirit of what? Of fear and timidity. And we're going to talk about timidity uh, probably next week. It's really a, a spirit of intimidation. Okay, that, 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 that's what's attached to the spirit of fear is the spirit of intimidation, right? And so when the spirit of fear is attacking our hearts and our minds, what, the whole goal of the spirit of fear is to snuff out the voice of God in our lives. That's why Paul is saying, no, 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 fan the flame of the Holy Spirit that's in you. Fan the flame of the voice of God. Let the voice of God be louder than the voice of fear. That's what he's encouraging Timothy to do. And so he says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And I think we'll get to that 
second. This is really our launching scripture for the series, and so we're going to break this apart every which way. But today, I really want us to focus on this spirit of fear. We have to understand that fear is a spirit because you cannot fight spiritual things in the natural. You can only fight spiritual things with spiritual things, okay? And, and, and man, every time we turn on the news or, or you know, the radio and, and people are speaking the spirit of fear, man, the spirit of fear has an opportunity to take root and take hold of our minds. And so we need to recognize when the spirit of fear is in our lives. And so what I want to do is I want to take us back to the beginning, okay? Because Satan's tricks and Satan's schemes have not changed from the beginning of time. He does the same thing to every single person. And so I want to start in Genesis 3, 1 through 3, and I want to take us back how Satan works in our lives. Let's go ahead and read it. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? And I'm guessing, it doesn't tell us in scripture, I'm guessing that Satan came to Eve over and over and over and over again. We don't, we don't, know, we don't know how many years Adam and Eve actually lived in the garden. It might have been 500 years at this point. And Satan is just coming over and over. And you, you notice here that Eve is alone. And this is how Satan works. He wants to get us isolated. He wants to get us alone. And we're going to talk more about this in the rest of this series. The spirit of fear wants to get us alone. Satan does not want us to come together because, listen, he knows that he will lose. When a church comes together and prays and unifies, Satan can't win against that. There's a reason why the writer of Hebrews says, don't, man, don't, don't neglect meeting together. That's why Jesus says, where two or three are gathered together, I am there because there is power in numbers and Satan knows that. So he's always trying to isolate us and get us alone. And here he is speaking lies into Eve's mind. Let's continue. Because what, what Satan is doing here, he loves to twist the word of God, right? He, he loves for us to, to, to begin to doubt scripture, right? That's what he's doing. Of course we may eat fruit from the tree in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat, God said. You must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Let's continue. You won't die, the servant replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Many times the spirit of fear comes in the form of a lie with a sprinkle of truth in it. Jesus calls Satan the father of lies because he's the best at telling lies. And the best lie is a lie that is half truth, right? When, when, when the best lie is when there's truth in it somewhere and you're kind of like, well, that, that 
kind of sounds true, right? And, and we see this the way that Satan speaks to Eve that, you know, the first part, you won't die, that's the lie. But the second part that he tells her, that's not a lie. You will become like God, knowing good and evil. And so Eve falls into this trap like many of us do into Satan's lies because it sounds like it's true. That's why we need to know the good news more than the press news, okay? That's why we need to know what the Word of God says because Satan many times will use it to try and get us to fall. We see the story of Jesus. Jesus fasts and prays for 40 days and 40 nights. Satan comes to him, and what does Satan do? He actually tries to use God's Word against God. I mean, think about that. He tries to use God's Word against God. This is the way Satan attacks us. Let's continue with the story. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. Let me tell you, sin many times looks delicious. Sin many times looks beautiful. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. And so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Look at this process, right? Look at this process. There, there was a lie, right? And they fall into the lie. Sin comes into this world and immediately what do they feel? They feel shame, okay? Shame is not from God. Let's continue. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. You can leave that up for a moment. Look at this, look at this process. Okay, let's, let's go through this process. Satan lies to Eve, right? And, 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 and she begins to believe the lie, so much so that Adam believes the lie too. They, they eat the fruit. They fall into sin. Shame comes into their lives. And then what happens? They become afraid. And then what's the very next thing that they do? They hide from God. This is one of the reasons why the spirit of fear is one of the most powerful spirits uh, on earth today. And it's, I would say it's, it's Satan's number one weapon for Americans at this point is this spirit of fear fear in our lives because this is what it gets us to do. It gets us to hide and run from God. It gets us to escape into something else other than God. That's what happens when we sin and we allow shame into our lives. It doesn't make us run towards God. It makes us run in the opposite direction. Every, almost every day I turn on my TV and I turn on my SmartCast and my TV tells me to stay home. I'm like, TV, don't tell me what to do. Right? It, it's like we, there's, there's these messages all of the time, everywhere. We can't escape them and telling us to escape somewhere else other than God. And what, what, what's happened currently over the last couple months is 
people have escaped into television, right? TV series and, and uh, movies, and people have escaped back into alcohol abuse and drug abuse, and the suicide uh, rates are astronomically up during this time, and, and spousal abuse is up, and People are not running to God during this, this time. The spirit of fear is running rampant. And listen, Satan's ultimate design for the world is that he would destroy the church. That's his ultimate design. Listen, Satan knows the Bible probably better than us, okay? He knows the Bible, and he knows that when Jesus returns, he's returning for his bride without spot or wrinkle. He's returning for his church. And so Satan's design is to destroy and kill this church. And so if he can stop people from gathering together and doing life together, then he's winning. Satan hasn't changed his tactics from the very beginning. He wants us to use the spirit of fear to escape away from God. I, I heard the statistic this week that there's a pornography company that is giving out free premium me uh, memberships by the thousands. They're getting people hooked to pornography during this time because they're, they're, they're forced to stay home in social isolation. Listen, we were not designed to do life alone. We were not designed to do life alone. Uh, one of my favorite shows right now is on the History Channel. It's called Alone. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a crazy show. They put 10 people out in the middle of nowhere uh, with 10 items, and they're, uh, they're supposed to survive. And they compete against each other, and whoever survives the longest, they don't know when the other person taps out, Whoever survives the longest wins a half a million dollars. I love it. Um, and and you, would be, you would think that starvation, right, and the elements would really get them to tap out. But one of the biggest things that gets them to tap out is the loneliness. That's why the show's called Alone. And, and, and it's, they just get alone. And they're like, every, almost every single one of the contestants is like, man, I was not made to do life alone. And this is how God has created us. And we're going to talk about this in the weeks to come. But Satan's goal is to isolate us and get us one on one. He does not want to fight us in a group because he knows he will lose. Let's continue. God says this. He says, who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. <laughs> Nobody can relate to that at all. <laughs> Look at the process, though. Look at the process. Satan comes with a lie, right? Satan comes with a lie. We believe the lie. We fall into sin instead of repenting and going to God, what happens? Shame comes in. Shame causes us to run and hide from God, escape into God and things that are not of God. And then what do we do? We blame somebody else for our sin or we blame God for the situation that we're in. 
Well, God, if you wouldn't have let COVID happen, that's what happens. Listen, that is a that is a red flag that you know that you're being controlled by the spirit of fear when you start blaming God for your problems. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the spirit of criticism, right? Blaming other people. That, that, man, that spirit is running rampant right now in our culture. Nobody wants to take ownership of what's happening. We just want to blame each other, right? That's what has now happened. We see the spirit of fear, and now we see the spirit of criticism coming into Adam's life, he's blaming Eve for falling into sin. And then essentially he's blaming God. Well, God, it's the woman you gave me. I was just fine when it was just me and the animals. God's like, no, you weren't. Because after every single one you named, you were like, not like me. Bear, not like me. Lion, not like me. Squirrel, not like me. We love to blame God for the things that we're desiring, but when it blows up in our face because of our fault, we love to blame God for it. That's how we know, man, we've been caught up in the spirit of fear. And look, we're all in the same boat today, okay? This, this is how Satan attacks us, and this is how we, we fall into this cycle. Fear has a voice. It has a voice, and it's speaking to us all of the time. You know, one of the things that I've come across during this whole season of pandemic and it's a sad, it's a sad recollection is that the media that we have do not like to report the whole news. And the media that we have, and this is not a political statement at all, this is just, this is just a fact. Fear-based news gets higher click rates and viewerships. Like, that's just, that's just a fact. And so, it's all about advertisement money. It's all, it's all about that. And, and it's, it saddens me that we just, I can't turn on the news or, or you know, a newspaper or, or, or watch the news and get, like, journalism. Do you, you know what I'm saying? And it's, that's the thing that's been sad to me is that we're in this time, man, where, listen, COVID's real. People are dying from it. But I just, I feel like I can't get the whole truth of what's happening because our generation and our culture is so politically charged by different things. And here we are, can, I, can we just get some facts? Can we just get some real facts of what's happening? The CDC changes their mind literally every other day. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, can we get some, can we get some facts here? And, and this is more than ever why we should rely on the good news and what God says instead of, the media news on your TV or radio or the internet because God's words are eternal. And guess what? They never change. Come on, somebody. They never change every other day. Fear has a voice, but so do we. And fear would love us to think that we can't talk back to it. 
It's that spirit of intimidation that comes in, right? We're going to be talking more about this in the weeks to come. It's the spirit of intimidation that, that, that just tries to silence us. Listen, fear has a voice, absolutely, but we have a voice too. And for the rest of our time this morning, and I just I want to talk to you about this, about my week when I was preparing for this message, specifically this passage of Scripture. Uh, I, I was convicted by it. I wept over this passage of Scripture. I cried because I felt the presence of God so strongly on this passage for you today, for you that are here today, for you that are watching online. I know that this passage for, is for us this morning, and, and I cried over it. It convicted me, and I believe that this is the answer. The one thing that I'm going to give you today to speak out is so amazingly powerful, and it's found in 1 John 4, 15 and 17. Let me give you some quick context about John. This is the John. This is the Apostle John, the disciple John, the only disciple that was standing at the cross and watching Jesus bleed out, okay? This is the John who, who likes to call himself in the third person the beloved, okay? Because this is what John knew. He, he was the youngest of the disciples. This is what John knew about Jesus. He knew that Jesus, without a shadow of doubt, that Jesus loved him. That was the one thing that John's like, man, I know that Jesus loves me. And so he writes some of the most beautiful and eloquent words in all of the Bible here in 1 John 4, 4, 15 through 17. Let's read it. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Let's, let's stop there for a moment because this is what... Man, this is what made me stop this week, that sentence. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. And I stopped there for a moment and, and I began to think about how many days go by that I don't think about the love of God. How many situations that I step into in problems that I go into, and I'm not relying on the love of God. Because John says here that, man, the love of God literally cast out everything in our lives. Listen to me, I'm telling you right now, if you wake up every morning with this thought, no matter what happens today, Lord, it's a good day, bad day, medium day, I'm going to rely on your love. I'm going to rely on the fact that no matter how much I screw up today, that you still love me. You will be able to get through anything in life. Look at this next passage here. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. You can continue. Next passage. There is no 
fear and love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Fear and love cannot coexist. That's what John is telling us. Man, when you understand, this is why it's so important that we understand how much God loves us. Because if we don't understand how much God loves us, then we're going to allow fear, the spirit of fear, into our lives. But when you know, I mean no, no, how much God loves you, regardless of how your day is going, fear cannot live in your mind. Because John says perfect love casts out fear. And so there can be an an economic meltdown happening. You know, the stock market could crash. Uh, We we, we, we could be in the middle of apocalypse. You know what I'm saying? It does not matter as long as we know that God loves us. And we rely on his love no matter what. Because this perfect love of God will cast out all And to be able to fully understand that passage, I want to end with this passage in Romans 8.38. This is the Apostle Paul again. Let's go ahead and read it. Paul says this, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Is that good news today or what? Like, come on, like, he says neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. can't fight spiritual things in the natural, and there's nothing more supernatural than the love of God. There's nothing more supernatural than the love of God, the love that God has for us when he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for you and me, that when he was hanging on the cross, he had your face in his mind. We wake up every day and say, God, today, no matter what happens, I know that nothing can separate me from your love. I'm gonna re- no matter what happens today, I'm going to rely on your love. Because at the end of the day, when I, when I rest my head against my pillow, the one thing that I am for sure of is that you love me. And that nothing can separate that. And so, listen. When you begin to speak out verbally, listen, we got a voice against the spirit of fear. When you begin to speak it out, God, I know that you love me. God, today 
I'm going to rely on your love. God, I know that nothing can separate me from your love today. When you begin to speak it out, the spirit of fear literally cannot live in your heart, in your mind any longer. I'm going to end with this today, and then we're going to transition to response time. My uh, grandfather, I don't know how old he is now. He's like 86 or something. But when he, several years ago, when he had his first heart attack, he actually died. And they don't know how long he was gone for. And uh, they took the shockers and they, they shocked him back to life. And, and uh, he had a heavenly experience. He went to heaven. He was a uh, he was a pastor for the same church for 50 years. He's still doing ministry today. And but the one thing that he says, I mean, it's an elaborate, amazing story that he has. But the, the first thing that he always says to me is, you, we don't understand. We can't in these mortal human bodies. We don't have any words in English that can explain how he felt when he was in heaven. And he was like, it's a love beyond any love that you can possibly ever hope and imagine. It's when, he's like, when you get there, it's just like you know without a shadow of a doubt that you are loved by God, that you are cherished by God. And he said, that's, when he came back, he's like, that's what transformed me knowing how much Jesus loves me. And I'm telling you right now, that will transform our lives if we wake up every day and say, God, I know you love me. And I'm going to rely on your love today. I might screw up. I might have a bad day. But at the end of the day, nothing can separate me from your love. No spirit of fear, no demon, no devil. Because I got a voice too. And my voice is going to speak the love of God and how much he loves me. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning as we go into our response time. Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus. And I need to make that declaration today. Or maybe you've drifted from the truth and you've drifted from God and you just want to make a recommitment to Christ today. With every head bowed and every eye closed and, and I want to include the people online if you want to make that decision today to make Jesus your Lord, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Yes, you can put your hands down. And I would just ask that we would all say this prayer this morning as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sin, that you would come into my life, and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing. Thank you again for joining Passionate Life Church today. If you want more information on events, you can visit us at passionatelifechurch.com. We look forward to seeing you soon.